From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Ben Bergenbein. <laughs> I'm ben Bergenbein. <laughs> and I'm Joey Lovato. <laughs> oh, you threw me off on the rhythm there a little bit. Okay. <laughs> a uh, media mixtape. Mixtape, mix tape. yes, I like it. <laughs> it almost sounded like a fine, like refri- refined uh, French wine or my, something. Uh, my lovely mixtape. That's right. <laughs> uh, we are back with our second installment in the Deep Cuts series. Deep Cuts, the deepest of cuts from Ben, and Joey has watched some normal stuff. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> paper cuts from Joey. Paper, paper cuts from Joey. Uh, oh, I like that. Deep cuts and paper cuts. Deep cuts and paper cuts. So the uh, the topic for today's deep cuts is going to be movies. Movies. And we talked a little bit about this before starting the episode. What is a deep cut and for who? Who is it a deep cut for? Because I'll tell you what, I have a really good friend, Brian, who also had a, a podcast um, that he co-hosted called Night of the B-Movie podcast or something like that all right and they would just watch like classic b movies you know the, the yeah. things that literally were like you know uh, classically you'd have like your premiere or your your marquee movie and then there'd be one that was shown before it that was just kind of bad or campy yeah. or something else and they would review them now for this guy that that film knowledge is so extensive i probably couldn't come up with a movie that that guy hasn't seen <laughs> yeah i mean it's like mystery science theater right I mean, yes, it's like all every, that stuff. Every movie. <laughs> yeah. So deep cuts for who? I think deep cuts for, uh, let's just say, not only just a popular audience, mm-hmm. right? I think that the same criteria that like I- My ap- mom. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, that I, I'm not quite, is that- Deep cuts for Penny Lovato. Okay. Is that, I was just kind of, I'm trying to figure out if that's like a, a, a slight on your mom. No, she's seen like a normal amount of movies. Okay. Got it. She's like got the it. most not... like average movie viewer I could think of. Okay. I- th- Hope she takes that as a compliment. No, I think she. I don't think she'll take. Okay, it very good, very good. <laughs> Love you, mom. Uh, there it is. Okay, so I'm also thinking that the same criteria that I applied to movies, or sorry, the music also applies. I've also chosen at least one in here that's been a somewhat well-known director, but um, uh, maybe one of the lesser-known movies from that director's canon. Okay, sure. And then also just maybe some other stuff. I, I've got some other stuff on here too. All right. I, I mean, me too. I think we've each got like oh, a couple movies, and so we're gonna try and keep it, uh, keep it quick, keep it, yep. keep it going. And so I think we're just gonna, like I said, deep cuts. You may have heard of some of these movies. We're hoping that you've maybe not heard of at least three of them, and maybe we can open your eyes to some of them. Right. Um, but let's just. Start, I'm gonna start off with like my most surface level, and then we're gonna just get deeper and deeper. I've got one that I don't get think it. anyone has seen. Okay. I think I got one good deep deep cut, but. Um, I, I mean, Brazil. Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Love it. Time Bandits, you know, yep. Terry Gilliam from Monty Python. Uh, if you haven't seen Brazil, uh, if you like Monty Python, don't go into Brazil expecting Monty Python. <laughs> no. If you like Robert, or you write like Robert De Niro. Yes. Don't go in expecting Taxi Driver yeah, or Goodfellas. Or Robert De Niro <laughs> and anything yeah. else. It is a black and white movie. Mm, I don't think or, so. It's bleak. I'm sorry. Like. I, I don't think it's, it's been a minute since I've watched okay. the movie. Don't worry about it. Um, but it is like a, 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 what do you call it? Like a, not post-apocalyptic, a, a dystopian future. Dystopian. That's yeah. what I wanted to say. It's a dystopian future. It's really out there. <laughs> it's really nice, though. It's Very good. imaginative, as all, as all Gilliam's stuff is. Very imaginative. And also with a, with a message. Yeah, it definitely has a message yeah. um, that I think it kind of, coincides with a lot of movies that really speak to me whenever we get to a movie that speaks to me it, i mean it has that kind of the the 
resist message a little bit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. I, and you know what? If I was putting together a, a film festival of movies related to surveillance, you know, to talk yeah, about, yeah, this yeah. would be on there. Oh, yeah, for sure. It'd be sure. on my list for sure. So I, I don't want to say like a whole lot because it's kind of hard to say a lot about Brazil. I mean, it's such a strange... I don't think we need to say anything more. If we just you say like, it's a deep cut. If you like weird movies, like if, if like you are actively see, searching for something strange that maybe is outside of your comfort zone, but is a little bit sci-fi, like you kind of, I mean, it definitely has sci-fi elements to it and yeah. dystopian future elements. Um, check this movie out. I think it's worth a watch. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty dark. <laughs> it's great. But it's good. It's a really good movie. Yeah. So that's my first one, surface level. I'll get into some more I'll explain my deeper cuts as we go further because I think that they will need some more explaining. But yeah, right. Brazil, but, but you know, Terry Gilliam. So I've gone a similar way, but I'm just going to say that one of my uh, first deep cuts is going to be uh, a movie from the canon of Jim Carrey. Ah, we t- we, yes, all right. Exactly. I think we're going to have an episode coming up on Jim Carrey yes. uh, a little bit later. But um, within his movies, I mean, people think about, you know, Ace Ventura or they think Mm -hmm. about Bruce Almighty or whatever, Eternal Sunshine, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to say The Majestic from, Mm -hmm. I believe, 1998 or 1999. Never heard of this movie. Um, Real simple story. Basically, a Hollywood screenwriter living kind of the fast life gets into a car accident. Okay. Wakes up on a beach with amnesia. A local townsperson finds him and is convinced that this person is uh, this long lost member of their community uh, by the name of Luke, and so they're like, "Come on home. We're gonna. We're, everything's gonna be okay. Um, you know, uh, you're gonna remember who you are." And, and, J- and Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's Luke. Jim Carrey is, is or Luke. Or the, the screenwriter who is, is mistaken as Luke. Exactly. And so he then develops or starts to rebuild his life within this small community. Meanwhile, all the other the life that he left behind sort of catches up with him a little bit later in the movie. And I don't want to give away too much, but I'll just say that it goes well beyond that seemingly simple story. And uh, importantly for this podcast is what we've talked about a lot in the past. The movie has heart. You know what? That's what's the most important thing. That is the most important. What do you got next? Um, My next one is also a nice surface level one. But again, if you're not like, if you you just watch movies for fun and you want to watch something that's out there, not necessarily like your go-to. Like I wouldn't go to the movies to see this to see this. But if you want to watch something that would make you think, um, I think most people have probably heard of it. I don't know if they th- thought about it. I think it's also w- one of the most divisive movies that I like have talked to people about that have seen it. But Synecdoche, New York, by uh, Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, not yep. Charlie. Uh, yeah, Charlie Kaufman. Yep. Uh, one of the only movies he's directed too. Most of the time he just writes movies and doesn't direct them. But he is ri- he wrote and directed this, uh, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, Another movie that's really hard to explain. Basically, Philip Seymour Hoffman is a uh, playwright, and he starts writing this epic, like his 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 magnum opus, like mm-hmm. this perfect play, and it just kind of he buys like this warehouse to make the play in to like show the play, and then it's like forty years in the making of this thing or whatever, and it's like it gets bigger and bigger, and it goes outside the warehouse, and it just gets. And and it, the whole thing it has a lot of undertones. He's he's a um, hypochondriac. It's like the whole movie. Like there's these weird like feelings of being sick and feeble, and it's kind of a gross, uncomfortable feeling. It's also a long. I think it's like three hours. I think it goes a little bit longer. It's like yeah, two yeah. Uh, two forty. Um, it's also his struggles with his marriage, and the, uh, there's an affair, and he has a child, and there's art. Like one of you know, it is. There are a lot of disturbing elements in this movie, 
<laughs> and there are a lot of elements that are really hard to kind of I mean, it's one of those movies, like, I, after I watched it, I just started reading people's analysis of it, because I'm like, I don't know what I just watched. Like, I think I liked it. <laughs> I think I liked this movie. Sure. It really makes me think. Charlie Kaufman, if you haven't seen him, he's, I mean, uh, he's strange, strange, I mean, he's done Anomalisa, uh, Adaptation. Uh, 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 Being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich is, like, his, like, go-to. Like, if you haven't seen Being John Malkovich, that's your intro to Kaufman. If you don't like Being John Malkovich, don't watch any of his other movies. Mm-hmm. He is a strange, strange man. Yeah. Uh, and he makes strange, strange movies. But uh, yeah, Synecdoche, New York. Uh, if you like New York, it, it might be an interesting view of it because it's kind of this weird. It's 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 a it's a disturbed playwright's view of New York in a way. Um, it's also super meta. Like the movie is like reference upon. It's like it references itself, and then that reference will reference the self of the reference. Yeah. And so it, it gets like complicated, and a lot of people think it's super pretentious, and I totally I'm okay with you thinking that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to go into a movie and you want to maybe think it's pretentious and like total BS, like I think watch this movie because I think it'll still make you think even if you hate it. <laughs> well, and actually p- part of that is just in the title of the film, right? So Synecdoche. Synecdoche, yes. New York, which is a play on Schenectady, Schenectady. New York, which is a place. But, and it's Synecdoche. Uh, but, but a Synecdoche is actually a literary device where a part of the, the story actually exemplifies the whole. So it's it's consciously yeah. self-referential. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I said at the beginning of this episode, like, these are movies for my mom. My mom actually watched this movie, and, and? I think she liked it. She also knew what cynic Doki meant and was yeah. like, and I didn't know what it meant when I watched it. And when we finished the movie, I watched it with her, <laughs> which was an interesting experience yeah. in its own. But And she was like, oh, you know what cynic Doki means? And I was like, oh, that kind of changes, like, my view on the movie a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah. it really does. So, uh, yeah, check it out. It's good. What do you think? Do you like, do you like, have you seen it? I, you know, I like some of the Kaufman movies. That's probably lower on my list. Sure. That's to be fair. honest. That's fair. I but, think that, I think that being John Malkovich is yeah. probably his but, f- most But I've only movie. seen it once and I, maybe I should go back and revisit it. I don't know. I just, uh, remember not. Uh, it's a hard movie to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's good. It is. Like, it's worth watching. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to go for another one. Uh, Noah Baumbach. No, I no. Yeah, all your cuts are deeper really than, deeper than. Okay, me. well, no. I thought you might know like the Squid and the Whale and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I know the Squid and the Whale. Yeah, yeah. So that's Noah Baumbach. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's also done uh, lots of other stuff too that I'm sure you know. But his first movie was a movie called Kicking and Screaming. Now, starring Will Ferrell about no. soccer. Now here's the a thing: fantastic there's, Will Ferrell movie. There's another one which is starring Will Ferrell called Kicking and Screaming. That's not the one I'm recommending to everyone. I'm specifically Although, remembering that's the a decent movie, the Noah Baumbach. Kicking and Screaming. Here's the story. Uh, Presumably kind of East Coast uh, college literary types graduate from their undergrad degree, and they're all trying to decide what they're going to do with their lives now because they're faced with this sort of existential crisis of like, oh my gosh, impending doom. We're done with college. What are we supposed to do? And so eventually some of them just end up applying for graduate school very late and going to grad school and sticking around the same town. And they're struggling with like what that dynamic is because they all think they're very pretentious and they're all very knowledgeable because now they're in graduate school. Um, But they're also going through these, they're kind of failing at life at the same time. But it's a really interesting comedy about that, about graduate school life. And I'm going to tell you, that the best character in that movie is the bartender. And I'm just I, like, <laughs> all right. I, I'm just going to, I'll give you one hint. Like, so the, the bartender is also this uh, philosopher. Okay. Who consciously works at the least busy bar, which caters to graduate students and literary types and stuff. 
and he's constantly just reading philosophy behind the bar. Yes. And he has these really kind of weird but philosophical responses to everything that they're doing. And, uh, you know, for example, the group of friends is trying to make a plan for their lives, et cetera, et cetera. And they mm-hmm. just say, they say to the bartender, they're like, hey, you know, I don't know, man, you seem like you got it made. You know, you got the, you got the life. All you do is read and it's great and you're making good money and stuff. He's like, what would you recommend? You know, I think they asked him for a recommendation for <laughs> yeah. us, like how to help us out. And he goes, you want to hear a joke? How do you make God laugh? Oh my gosh. This sounds like the parking lot movie. Which it, was, it is. It is. It's it's basically the parking lot movie. So if you haven't listened to our documentary episode, go listen to our documentary episode. Yeah. We talk about the parking lot movie, which is a documentary about this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he goes, basically. how do you make God laugh? And they're like, I don't, I don't know what. And he goes, make a plan. <laughs> and that's it. Nice. Now, it's a little bit, it's kind of heady. Like we said, you know, some of these other movies have been a little heady, but it's, I think it's a great sort of satire and comedy on that that those elements so just jumping off of this this is not on my list originally but i'm gonna put it on there now i think this is a deep cut because this is a bad movie like it, it is movie is like a 30 percent on rotten tomato because i just looked it up but uh it's called accepted have you ever mm. heard of accepted starring so. justin long and jonah hill okay and it's about these kids who can't get into college so they make their own college up and then like to prove to their parents that they're going to college ah. and then like it actually takes off and people start going there I think this movie is great. It's like super dumb and goofy. It's just a simple comedy, like with Jonah Hill, and like, and, and, you know, you know who Justin Long is, right? He's yeah, the guy. Yeah. He's uh, the, I'm a PC in the. He's PC. the Mac. He's the yeah. He's the he's Mac the in Mac. the I'm a yeah. PC. I'm the Mac. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's like very surface level movie. It's very it's very sweet though. Like it really is. Uh, it's just like a good time. It's funny. It's like basically like all these kids that can't get into college going to this fake college, and then at the end, like the FBI comes and they're like, you can't. This is not allowed. And then like they go to court and then like <laughs> like, oh, it's actually allowed because it's a goofy dumb movie and no one cares. Nice. But uh yeah, it's just like a dumb debaucherous, like, oh go watch this like silly movie. But yeah, accepted. <laughs> so is that gonna be one of yours? You want me to go next? Um I, I mean there's throw another one in. I've mentioned this one before, so I don't have to say a whole lot about it. But the okay. Meyerwitz stories. Oh yeah, it's, it's still on my list. It, it's it's that. so good. Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller. It's not a comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's really not. Uh, oh, and and and, uh, and Dustin Hoffman, nice. He's the dad, and, um, and and it is, it is a story about a family. That is just. It is funny, like it's there are funny moments. It's not a comedy. The dad is an artist, uh, and the kids kind of grew up with an artist dad, and they're kind of like a little bitter at him. They're like, well, you you kind of weren't there for you know you were like you're an artist, but you're not that good. And <laughs> and like one of the sons is like a really wealthy real estate mogul, and the other one's just kind of this like bum who has like a daughter who's going to college. And he's like, and he but he's like the most loving father. Heart. It is the sweetest movie. It is so strange. It is so good. It is if you just want to be happy. And, and also just kind of like think about your family a little bit. Like I watched this movie and I just wanted to like call my grandparents. That's nice. That's got heart. I can get behind that. It is also just like it's it's yeah, and it's really real. It feels so grounded. It feels like such a grounded way to look at a family. It really does. Okay, well, I'm gonna pick up on your heart and counter you with some serious violence. Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but also with heart. Right. Now here's the thing. Now I'm gonna. This is the the sort of. I got two movies that are legitimately good and both involve crime. Yeah. Um, one, again, just on the same trajectory of starting with stuff that may be known, or you may know this filmmaker, uh, Errol Morris. Okay. Right? Yeah. I believe it's Errol Morris. Oh my gosh, I should have looked this up, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's Errol Morris. All right. Um, 
oh, that's going to bother me now. So but anyways. You want me to look it up for you? Uh I mean, either it's either Errol Morris or I'm getting Errol Morris confused with the documentary filmmaker who I'm also. What's the movie? The movie is called Badlands. Badlands. All right. 1973. I've heard of this movie, I think. But I've never no, seen it. 1973 Badlands starring, um, uh, oh gosh, Sissy Spacek and this is why you do. Uh, this, yep. This, uh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yes. This is why you do research before you get on the air. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up on uh, IMDb right now. So uh, I got to give another shout out to my friend Toby for, for recommending this Toby. movie, movie to me, but I watched Terrence this. Terrence Malick. It, Terrence Malick. Yes. No. Errol Morris is the documentary filmmaker. Terrence yes. Malick is who I'm thinking of. So also did Tree of Life. Yeah. Uh, Thin Red Line. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But this one, Badlands, I believe also may have been his first film. Okay. Uh, and it's really good. Oh, the other one is the, uh, um, gosh, what's the, oh my gosh, that's going to bother me. What's his other movie that's really good? Um, really kind of bothering me. Uh, um, I, I can look it up. Okay, but anyways, Badlands is about this uh, young couple who decides to run away from home, and they go, they basically go on a killing spree. Um, but it is, and, and it's difficult for me to transition from that d- description to say that, like, the movie really does have heart. Interesting. There's something that's so heartfelt about this. It's not only young love. I mean, they make bad decisions. Meanwhile, they continue to like provide really good life advice okay. to themselves and others, and thereby the viewers. And that they're doing this whole killing spree. Is it Days of Heaven? Is that his other movie? Days of Heaven. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, about the Oklahoma, uh, yeah. like the plague and stuff. Okay. Locusts. So good. But yeah, Beautiful. so they go on this killing spree. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to say it's basically like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing where they just take take off across the country on a on a crime spree. But it is beautiful, and it's uh, got a lot of heart. So Badlands, 1973. All right. Terrence Malick. Uh, I just watched this movie, um, but I don't think that many people have seen it. It's a Netflix original movie starring Paul Giamatti and uh, Catherine Hanna. Hmm. Is that how you say H-A-H-N? I think so. Hahan. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hahan. I don't know. But anyway, Paul Giamatti is like the main the main guy. Uh, Private Life. Okay. Um, this movie is heavy. Okay. It is about a couple struggling to have a child. Uh, and it's about like in vitro stuff. Um, fertilization. Fertilization. It's, and um, this is this happens like halfway through, so it's kind of a spoiler, but I, I think it adds to it a lot. So this is a couple and they're having trouble having a kid and they're, they're adopted, uh, they're, yeah, their adopted niece comes to visit with them, and they're and then they ask her like, "Would you want to be the surrogate?" And it's kind of just the whole process, and it goes through like the whole process of like they're always going to the doctor and kind of their surrogate and like and it, it's 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 heavy, but yeah. it's really another movie with this really sweet. Um, and I mean, I love Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like you know, I I don't know why I watched it. Like I, I have no interest in having children in the near future. Um, but it, it it just like I was just kind of like, oh, Paul Giamatti, I'll watch that. And like I kind of like these kind of these drama movies about family. And again, it's another movie a lot about family, um, and kind of the struggles that their adopted niece goes with the niece's parents, and then like stuff like that, and kind of the fighting and the family and everything. But. So you can kind of feel the gravity of the just gravity like of the, the decisions that are made yeah, as well. And, and, and it also, I think it makes you think a lot. I mean, like as someone who doesn't have a child, like I think it made me think a lot about like kind of the heaviness that is like having a kid. Like it's not just like, oh, you're just kind of a kid one day. Like it, there's a lot 
serious business. It is. It's really serious. And serious so, business. It, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's a, f- a phenomenal movie. Phenomenal. I mean, the acting in this movie is is some of the best acting I've ever seen. Like they, like the love that the couple has and the struggle that they go through is so clearly seen in the movie. Um, and then like with their niece and then with their, with, with like the sister and everything, uh, a great movie. So highly recommend watching it. There's also some really interesting scenes where like it's very slick. They'll just be like sitting in silence and you're just kind of like, Oh my God. Like you just feel it. Yeah. Feel yeah. that tension. Yeah. So well, pri- pri- private life. Speaking. So private life. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original movie. And this is going to be a nice transition again, right. because, uh, my next one is about the private lives of people, particularly in a small town. But again, this movie is a classic one that focuses on the way that those that kind of uh, private life can be just like torn apart. Okay, okay. Okay? So, very interesting movie. Now, again, I don't know if this technically qualifies, but I'm going to guess that you haven't seen this movie, nor have you ever heard about it. It's part of the Criterion Collection, which is like a serious, you know, collection mm-hmm. of movies, very famous and very critically acclaimed movies. All right. But it is called Le Corbeau. No. French movie no. called Le Corbeau or The Raven. Oh, Okay. So here's the here's the idea. We scene opens. Relatively small town in Paris. All of a sudden. Wait, small town in Paris? Oh, sorry. In small France? town in France. In Got France. Okay. In France. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> small town in in France, and um, everybody's going about their daily lives. Life is seemingly idyllic uh, in this small town, mm-hmm. and then one day, a doctor gets an anonymous letter signed by the Raven saying like, Dr. So-and-so, it seems as though you've been enjoying your, your secret meetings with uh, this young girl who's been coming into your office. So this person's threatening to expose these kind of sins of this doctor, right? Okay. More, they call them poison pen letters. And more of these letters begin to show up around the town. And what happens is just a beautiful allegory and commentary on community, social life, and the way that those ties like can be just broken. Um, I like this. There is just sounds good. Is it in French? It's in French, but you can get it. You can get it subtitled. When was it made? Do you know? 1943. Oh, okay. So it's a classic movie, but it's it's so good because it's like it's a murder mystery, but there's not. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but. It's a murder mystery, but there's really no killer. It's just someone threatening to expose the kind everybody. of like small sins of everybody around. And I'll just say that like there's this beautiful moment. It's this beautiful shot. And it's like they think they've finally gotten uh, the raven, right? And let's just say they they think that the raven is in a casket in the church, okay? Like they've killed the person who's responsible for these – for ruining this community. And then all of a sudden, the the minister is there providing a sermon, and the the shot is from like up in the corner on the of the ceiling of this really high ceilinged church, and just a piece of paper begins to float down into the congregation, and it's like the raven, and I'm just like, oh, you know, you got I got goosebumps like when I saw that happening. I was like, so cool. I want to watch. That sounds that's it's a really cool movie. That's that's your touch. That that was your top recommendation for me so far. Like that that's the one I want to watch the most right All now. right. So Le Corbeau, C O R B E A U. I'm gonna watch that. That sounds amazing. That sounds great. I got a copy if you want to watch good, it. Good, good. Um, all right. So my next one is the polar opposite. It's and by, bringing... and by copy I mean Criterion Collection. It's like legit. <laughs> Putting it out there. <laughs> Ben's legit, everybody. <laughs> uh, above the table. <laughs> above board, everything. Yeah. Um 
So my next one is about bringing people together and the the sweetness that is the movie. I mean, I'm gonna tell you the title of the movie, and it's just gonna okay. make you laugh. All right. The fundamentals of caring. I've heard of this. I haven't seen it. Another Netflix original, actually. Okay. Netflix originals do a pretty good job with some, finding some of those indie stuff. Um, this is another one that people may have may or may not have seen. It's uh, it was I think it was kind of pushed a little bit back when it came out in 2015. I think 14. Okay. 13. 13 or 14. Um, but starring Paul Rudd, uh, and he is a caretaker. He takes care of like a disabled boy. Like he has kind of down on his luck. He just got like just got divorced. Uh, looking for a new job, and he applies to this job, and he is assigned to this boy who's in a wheelchair. Like he can't, he's like totally, he can't feed himself. He can't go to the bathroom. Like he's very disabled. I um, mean, totally, totally fine mentally, and he's kind of a jerk. Like the kid's kind of a like a, like a love of a jackass, mm-hmm. and, and like in an endearing way. Uh, and so, like he, I think like the first day he's there. Like, oh, and the kid is, like, kind of obsessive. He has, like, a little bit of OCD, so, like, he has to have, like, the same breakfast every morning, and he never leaves the house is kind of the thing, too. Like, he's always just, like, at home, and Paul Rudd is just there, like, changing him and feeding him. And, you know, they have, like, this clearly kind of, like, intimate relationship, but they're just getting to know each other, and I think, like, or, like right off the bat, like, I think Paul Rudd is in the bathroom, like, helping him pee, and the kid's like, I want to have sex with Katy Perry. <laughs> like, just to mess with Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd's like, ah, 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 But so the kid is kind of this, like, self-identifying nihilist but like not really like he's like 17 so he doesn't really know like what's going on mm-hmm. or anything but basically the he, the kid's like i want to see the world's deepest pit he's like i just want to see it i want to see the deepest pit like that, that just sounds great sounds pretty awesome though. and so they go on this road trip like paul rudd gets the like information from the mother and everything and they he takes the kid out and he's like I'm, i'll take care of you we're gonna go on this road trip and they go on this road trip across America, and they like they go like look at the world's biggest wheel of cheese, like in Middle America, and all this stuff. Yeah. And they kind of just keep seeing like the world's largest ball of yarn, and it's kind of their bonding and this kid kind of coming into his own. And then halfway through, they pick up this hitchhiker girl who's played by Selena Gomez. Huh. Okay. Um, but she does a really good job, really. Uh, and she plays like this goth chick kind, kind of like this edgy, like punk, punk rock girl. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of these three misfits, if you like, you know, like the like this kid in the wheelchair and Selena Gomez, and then and Paul Rudd, who's just kind of down on his luck. And it's just them going across America, and it's it's one of the sweetest, like happiest movies I've ever seen. Uh, it's like an hour and twenty minutes too, so it's really quick. So, yeah. all right. Once again, I will see your sweetness and raise you with a. <laughs> psychological thriller? I, right. I don't really even right. know how to describe what I'm about to describe. My, all right. My last one's a horror movie, so we're good. Uh, I've got a I've got a classic B movie for my last one. All right. Um, Is it the B movie? It's not. Oh. Um, Altered States. Oh. But, which I... Have, oh, no, okay. I'm thinking of Altered Carbon, which is... No, a, no, no. Which is a comic... Altered States. Okay. So, um, the idea here is that you have... Um, a psychologist who wants to begin experimenting with a sensory deprivation tank. Oh, all right. I'm into it. I love sensory deprivation tank stuff. And, oh man, it it's a really trippy movie. Okay. Because they're getting into how, um, you know, how the mind can actually, your thoughts can actually manifest physically, like within your body. Okay. So Ooh. like the idea here is that like if you believe you're sick, your body will start start producing symptoms of, of, of someone who's sick, right? All right. But they take that principle and just go a, a long way. And I'm just I'm just warning people 
that if you haven't seen this, the movie is going to take you places that is not going to be comfortable. It's going to be very strange. You're not really going to understand potentially what's been going, what's going on, but it all, and it, and it all works towards this just very interesting conclusion. All right. And I, it's definitely a thriller because what ends up happening in the sensory deprivation tank, let's just say, begins to spill over into real life. And it is glorious. I like it. That sounds pretty good. All right, my next uh, one's too much. my next one's uh, my next one's a good one too. Uh, it's a documentary. I've told you to watch this one. I don't think you have watched it yet. I think it, you would love this movie. Okay. I think this is like peak Ben Birkenbein movie. Yikes! I'll be the judge of that. It, uh, well, yes, Shirkers. It's a documentary. Oh yeah, I, it's on my list now finally, but I haven't watched it. Okay, Shirkers. Uh, it's about these two young girls, like eighteen and nineteen, I believe, maybe eighteen and twenty, uh, in Singapore in the nineties, and they make this movie called Shirkers. Uh, and like people read the screenplay and everything and they're like, this is the next, like, this is like it, like, this is what's going to influence all movies to come. It's amazing. It's just like blowing people away. They're like, these 18 year old girls are so ahead of their time. And then the, the, the videographer for the movie steals all the, steals all the reels, disappears. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say okay. about it. And then it's just, and then it's the two girls that made the movie, like are now making this documentary. And they're like, are we going to find the reels and stuff? And you just kind of have to watch and find out. But it's uh, it's good. It's a fun time. Shirkers, like, there's also, they have clips of it and stuff, and they talk about it a lot. It's, the way the documentary is shot is really kind of trippy and weird and fun and avant-garde, if you will. So, yeah. Check it uh, out. Good documentary. Also, I just want to back up to Altered States again, because I just had to confirm this. I mean, yeah. William Hurt is in it. So if you don't know William Hurt, that that's great. But the other thing that might interest you, Joey, mm. is that the screenplay was done by Patty Chayefsky, the same person who did Network, who wrote Network. Tell me more. <laughs> yep. So Altered <laughs> States. All right. All right. My final movie. Okay. I've just decided because I was thinking of my friend Brian and his uh, the other podcast, the Night of the Movie podcast. Um, I was thinking about like a B movie, like what what kind of movie from my childhood would I think of that was just like, is it objectively a good movie? <laughs> no, but was it amazing and was it a concept that was really great that I and I just loved it? Um, you know, when I was a kid, yes. And I recommended this movie to my friend Brian, and I believe that he talked about this movie and how it was made and all the weird stuff that just happened on it. The movie is called Robot Jocks. Oh, I think you told me about this movie. But, <laughs> but it's but it's but it's not it's not jocks as it, it's J O X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but tell me if this plot sounds familiar. Um human beings now have developed giant robots that they can stand inside and their movements are mimicked by the exosuit or whatever that oh is the giant gosh. robot and the way that you basically fight wars i believe is through this robot jocks competition or there's some sort of like geopolitical conflict i can't honestly remember but then you have these like fights between people and they're standing in the robot like fighting each other it's basically pacific rim that's great it's pacific rim right yeah is, that's the yeah. story they no, go to that fight is, that's I pacific mean, rim so but robot jocks this is from like the early 90s or the the better movie Rock'em Sock'em Robots, which came out in like 2015. There which was. was literally like just yes. boxing robots. It was. And there was an there was even another one. That maybe, supposed to be horrible. Or maybe that it maybe that was it, but yeah, there was another one. They've they've played on this idea. Oh no, it's not called Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It's based on it's called Real Steel. 
The real steel. That's right. No, that's it. That's the it one. It looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, real steel. Uh, and like I saw that, I'm like, oh, they already made that. It's called Robot Jocks. Robot Jocks with an X. Yeah, Robot Jocks. Jocks. We're going to watch a trailer for that later. All right. Just to, so you can see it. Okay. That's um, all I got. All right, my last one. Motivational Growth. Oh. I think I've talked about this movie before. I think maybe you did. Just I can't remember which one. Movies of the Twist or maybe, Weird? I don't know. Weird movies, maybe. It's, it had to be weird movies. Uh, uh, horror, I think? <laughs> Uh, a great deal of horror comes from the unknown. Yeah. Um. So th- this guy, like, try, like rec- recluse, mm-hmm. like just the total, like only like orders in and like just never leaves his house. Uh, basically fed up, tries to kill himself. Uh, fails at killing himself and wakes up, and the mold in his bathroom because his department apartment's disgusting, is has become sentient and he starts talking to him and starts telling him to do stuff. And it's like an actual puppet, so it's really gross looking. I have like this like black ooze coming out of it, and it's like this like, actually it's disgusting. Uh, and then like at a certain point, like he's the, the growth is like, "What are you doing? Like get your like act together." And then he's like, "Wait, before you do any of that, he's like, eat this," and like grows this mu- like black mushroom out of his like mold, and like the guy just like, is like okay, and like eats it, and then it's just like this movie just like devolves and just it's disturbing. Sounds great. It is the deepest. It, I don't know. I don't think that many people have seen this movie. Like, I really don't think that many. It, it is very weird, but uh, it, it's like f- funny too. It's definitely like a horror comedy movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I'm just gonna have like one quick one. I think a lot of people have probably seen this one actually. Um, like people that have like are like into movies will probably give me like an eye roll, but be kind rewind with Jack Black. Like if, oh, you yeah. gotta see that movie. Like I, if, for people that like movies and just want to have a good old time, be kind rewind is a blast. That's a really good movie. It's such a good movie. Um, I basically he works at a video store. All the videos get erased by accident. Uh, and he is just remaking all of the movies so that yeah. like they don't, and then he's calling them sweeted versions. They're sweeted. Because they're, they're from Sweden. People are like, this wasn't Ghostbusters. He's like, oh, it's a Swedish version of Ghostbusters. <laughs> and it's like him and his friends remaking Ghostbusters. And it's just really fun. Is, uh, Jack, is Jack Black and Most Deaf? Yeah. <laughs> Most Deaf is in it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's, it's, uh, is sweet. it also Michelle Gondry? Or Spike Jones? I think maybe. It's Michelle I Gondry. I, I actually I'm pretty sure it's Michelle Gondry. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, but. Who also did like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah, Mind. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah. So those are our, our recommendations. What would you say is the most interesting one that I recommended? I'm well, it yeah. So I think probably one of the more interesting ones that you said was the motivational growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also will say that I'm I'm sincerely interested in watching the Meyerowitz stories. Yeah, because it's on my list. Like I've been I just, telling I you, just to, haven't I've been, I've been telling yeah. you to watch it for months. Yeah, you've just been telling me. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean the Raven is like has just totally has me in it. The Raven right is. Now. A, I'm like gonna go home and watch it right now. <laughs> just you know that's one of the things about those like classic movies that I think. Well, I'll be curious. Actually, when you watch it, we should talk about it again because yeah, we'll have an episode. One of the things I wonder is like, if you like, if people now can still go back and I think that you can, but I'm just wondering like, if I were to show this, if they can appreciate the idea, right? It's more about the ideas in the movies rather than like the production or because it's black and white, it's 1943, 40s, yeah. you know, French movie or whatever. Yeah. But it's done by kind of uh, who he's referred to as the 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 French Hitchcock. Right. All right. Uh, Clouseau. Henri Georges Clouseau. Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> Clouseau. Not yeah, Clouseau. But um, Cousteau. yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really excellent movie. All right. Cool. So, anyways, this has been our abbreviated version, uh, deep cuts 
episode yeah. two movies for movies. We'll be back with another one shortly. Yep. And by shortly, I mean in a week. <laughs> That's right. Yep. And as always, you can uh, subscribe, like, uh, to, you know, subscribe to the podcast, like us, review, give give a review. Yeah, give us reviews on the iTunes and the Stitchers and the. We're on. I'm working on the Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, wherever you get your basically. podcasts. Except yeah. for Spotify right now. Uh, you can also follow us, uh, like us, uh, join the Facebook group. Um, yeah. Search us on social media. You'll find us. Yep. And uh, you can email us at residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. Our music, as always, is Finder by People With Bodies. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon. That's right. Yeah, and get, get access get to some, some sweet bonus content. This, this week's is a sweet one. That's right. Yeah. It's true. All right. Anyways, this has been Residual Culture. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Joey Lovato. Get into it. Get into it.